place, saying who you are, believing who you are, and ready to do the work that God has already established inside of each and every one of you. Let's bow our heads. God, I thank you for this day. I thank you for the moments, Lord God, that you created each and every one of us. It wasn't by accident. It wasn't by chance. It wasn't a mistake, Father God, but you know exactly everything that we need. And I pray, God, that today that your words would, would just get all of our hearts, Father God, that we would understand something new and something powerful and uh, help us to do the work you've called us to do. And everybody said, it's everybody said, amen, amen. So for the past few months, our pastor has been speaking and focusing upon our identity and what our identity is of the phrase of who do you think you are? Pastors address that, hey, I am forgiven. I'm an overcomer. I am blessed. And this morning, we are going to focus on the fact, everybody say fact, I am God's masterpiece. Turn to your neighbor and tell them, I am God's masterpiece. Now turn to your other neighbor and tell them, you are God's masterpiece. Ephesians 2.10. I'm going to read it in a few different translations. First off is the message. It says, God does both the making and saving. He creates each of us by Christ Jesus to join him in the work he does. The good work he has gotten ready for us to do, work we had better be doing. Ephesians 2.10 in the NIV says this, that we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. In the King James Version, it says that we are his workmanship. And in the New Living Translation, it says that we are God's masterpiece. So what are we? We are God's handiwork, we are God's workmanship, and we are God's masterpiece. Can I get... A young man, or actually a young lady, I don't care. Somebody, a volunteer, come up. I need one first. Somebody before I call you. All right. Come on, Joe. Let's go, Joe. Let's give it up for Joe. All right, Joe. What I need you to do is help me with this little item right here. It's kind of heavy, so I need you to help me pick it up. And we're going to place it on that chair. You got it? All right. Let's place it on this chair. Your job right here is just to make sure the mirror doesn't fall. Uh, you got it. Awesome. Let's give, give Joe a hand. All right. What do we have right here? Yes. All right. So we have a mirror. How many of you guys have this in your house? One. Oh, yeah. There you go. Let's be honest. We all have one of these in our home. How many of you guys have it on your person today? In your pocket, in your purse? How many of you guys have it? All right. How many of you guys looked in the mirror before you came in to church this morning? Okay. I would almost bet my life that everybody in this place looks into a mirror at least once throughout the day. At least once. All right? Your mirror at your house or in your pocket gets a whole lot of action, does it not? I mean, let's be honest, okay? We go to that mirror, and we go to that mirror before we walk out of the house. Why? What are you looking for? Maybe your hair is out of place. Put that hair down. Maybe you realize like that you, you have, your nose hairs are growing out. You know, you got to do a little shaving up there, you know, something like that. Okay. Maybe you look at yourself and you put your clothes on and realize, yeah, it doesn't fit me the way it used to fit. Or you look at yourself and you, all right, let me get that, get that here. Whatever it is, what we're looking for the imperfections. We're looking for something that's just wrong. It's out of place. Whether it's something in your teeth. Okay. We give our mirrors a whole lot of action. I remember when I was going through college, somebody encouraged me. I hate public speaking. And they said that you should uh, try to practice in front of a mirror first. I remember practicing my first sermon in front of my mirror. And, man, I felt like a goofball. Because here you are. Who are you preaching to? Yourself. And then you're just looking at yourself. And you see all your mannerisms. And you see your facial expression. Do I really look like that? Is my nose really that big? Are my eyes 
days were like, what is going on in that bathroom? It's just you. But it worked. Okay? So Fear wanted to give it a try. Now, you know what? Someone in this place is going to go home, and they're going to try it just to see. Talk to yourself in front of a mirror. And your husband's going to respond and be like, yo, you have lost it. However, most times we look in the mirror, and we try to find out something's wrong. There's got to be something wrong. Have you ever looked in the mirror? Evaluate yourself and say, and look in the mirror and just thought something negative about yourself. I look like that, but I'm really not that good. I need somebody, another volunteer is willing to draw something, right? Something. One more volunteer. Come on, Steve. Steven, come on up, Steven. Let's give Steven a hand. Now, Steven, here you go. I'm going to give you this thing. What we're going to do, you're going to write things on the mirror for us, okay? And the first thing I want you to write is the words, I am. All right? Make it pretty big. What are some negative thoughts that when you look in front of a mirror, maybe not you personally, but when people go in front of a mirror, what are some negative thoughts you might run through your mind? What is it? So, shoot out. Fat. With the word fat. Negative thoughts. Ugly. Something negative. Something that you... Anything? Anything? Oh. Anything else? All right. What are some other negative things? We said fat. We have ugly. We have old. What else? You said great, right? Great hair. Else. Frumpy? Well, I have put grumpy too. Frumpy and grumpy. And then dopey. Yeah, Alright. Another one. A few more. Wrinkly. Washed up. That's good. I like that. Maybe three more. Let's go. Short. Two more. Tired. Last one. Unhappy. Thank you. Thank you, Stephen. Let's give Stephen a hand. Thank you, sir. Uh, Joe, if you don't mind, just hang on for a few more minutes, and I'll cut you loose, all right? And think about these negative thoughts. You've sat in front of the mirror, maybe you said, hey, I'm fat, I'm ugly, I'm gray, I'm frumpy, I'm old, I'm wrinkly, I'm short, washed up, and unhappy. Now, let's think about those in relation to the opening verse. Ephesians 2.10 says this, and the NIV says, for we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. King James says that we are his workmanship, and the NLT says that we are God's masterpiece. So we were created by God, correct? Which means we are his handiwork, his workmanship, and masterpiece. And if that's the case, what are we saying today when we look in the mirror and we start saying that about ourselves? Does God really make ugly things? Does God really make some old, wrinkly things washed up? Is that really who you are? According to those verses, God created it for you to do good works. God created you. You're his masterpiece. Do you really think God's masterpiece are any of those? So, God created all things. I can't think about being God's masterpiece. I can't think about our identity without going back to the creation of this world. Because God created you and I. God created all things. Everything that you see is because he created it. In Genesis, we're going to run through the days of creation. The first day, God spoke into the darkness and created the light, and he separated it, dark and light, and he called the light day the dark night. So God spoke into existence day and night, and then he said it was good. The second day, God spoke and spoke into existence the sky, and he said that it was good. On the third day, God spoke for the waters to all come together, and he called that the seas, and he called all the other dry ground, he called that land. And then he spoke to the land, and to produce all vegetation of all different kinds and plants, and God saw that it was good. On the fourth day, God 
God spoke and filled the sky with lights, the sun, moon, and stars. God spoke into existence, the lights, sun, moon, stars, and then he said it was good. On the fifth day, he spoke and created living creatures in the water. He spoke and created living creatures in the sky. God spoke and saw into existence, and then he said it was good. On the sixth day, he started speaking to the land, and it produced all living creatures, all running across the land, roaming the land. For the past six days, God is just spewing things out of his mouth, and things are just all of a sudden appearing out of nowhere. Could you imagine if you were in heaven at the time with God, seeing this happen? The way I look at it, the way I find it in my eyes, the way that I think about this creation, is that all of a sudden there's land, and all of a sudden animals start coming out of the land, and bam, they're formed right before God's eyes. It says all of a sudden the land developed creatures. The sky was filled with birds all of a sudden. I don't think God had the birds first formed on land and then take take off. You know, I'm thinking like the sky was filled with birds. Guess what? Bam, birds just all of a sudden. That's pretty amazing. And then, but see, God switched it up a little bit. He spoke all this stuff into existence, and he said it was good. But then, finally, God does something unique. He switches it up on us. And in Genesis 1.26, says this. It says, let us make man in our image, in our likeness, and let them rule over all of creation. And in verse 31, it says, he looked over all of his creation, and he said it was very good. He made mankind. He took a step back, looked at everything, judged himself, looking at all of it, and said, okay, yep, uh-huh. It's all very good. Mankind is the icing on the cake for God. Mankind is God's exclamation point on the earth. It's his masterpiece, his final piece to all of creation, leaving the best for last. If that's the case, how can all these negative thoughts, all these negative things about you be true? God said everything was good. Is any of that good? Genesis 2 7 then tells us this. It says, The Lord God formed man from the dust of the ground, breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. God took dust to form man. He didn't just speak man into existence, he came down and touched the very dust of the earth and formed Adam and mankind from that. I heard T.D. Jake say, he says, that God touched one thing in all of creation. And that was man. And to this day, man still longs to be touched. I found in many science articles, one being specific, scientificamerica.com, it says that they did a study and they realized many children who have not had the physical and emotional attention are at a higher risk for behavioral, emotional, and social problems as they grow up. We, as mankind, humans, long to be touched and embraced. And I believe the touch we are all longing for is to be loved, to be accepted, to be made whole and complete in Christ. And two more volunteers. Jake, come on up. Come on up, Jake. And then let's go with uh, Dorlis. Let's go. Give up these, these awesome teenagers. All right, Dorlissa, I'm going to give you the, uh, the lifters. There you go. Jake, can you grab that here? Come place it on here. There we go. All right. Can you write the words I am? Genesis 126 says that God created us in the image of God. Parts of God's reflection is who we are. We are God's handiwork, God's masterpiece. Now, look in that mirror. 
And what are some characteristics of what you say God is? Let's shout out some characteristics that God is. Well, who is God? Amazing. Bam, right, amazing. Perfect. Amazing, good. What else? Forgiving. Love. Any others? Who's God? Awesome. More. Holy. Beautiful. Patient. Think with me if you can. If we were created in God's image, then aren't we amazing, perfect, good, love, forgiving, awesome, holy, merciful, omniscient, and patient? We have God inside of us. We've been created by God with the likeness of who God is. Parts of us right there. That's who you and I truly are. If so, what does God say about you and I? He's called us love. He's called us chosen. Romans 8, 2 says that we are set free, redeemed. 2 Corinthians says that we are a new creation. Colossians 1 says that we have been delivered. 1 Corinthians 15 says that we are victorious. Romans 1, 12 says that we are dead to sin, a child of God. Psalms 139, a good verse, verse 14, is that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. And our verse today is that we are God's handiwork, God's masterpiece. So who do you really think you are if we are truly part of God? This is who we are. But you see, we can't just look at life and we can't say, okay, that's cool, I like that. That's right, I am perfect. I told my wife I was perfect. I am perfect. No. If this is who we are, these things cannot be anywhere near who we are. Therefore, we are these characteristics. It's to do something. It's not just to be perfect. It's not just to be all-knowing. It's not just to be merciful. We have to go and do something. We've been given a purpose. This is who God's created, all of us, in the image of who God is. And if that's the case, it's inside of every person, whether saved or not. These are all characters. We were all created to do this stuff. But are we doing it with the purpose that God has instilled inside each and every one of us? Ephesians 2.10 says that God does both the making and saving. He creates each of us by Christ Jesus to join him in the work he does. The good work he has gotten ready for us to do. Work we have better be doing. God created us to join him to do the good work. Not something new. Funny how they think, oh, we all of a sudden have this great idea, something new. No, that's old news to God. Because he placed that in you when you were just a baby. He placed those thoughts. He placed those ideas because he knew there was something awesome you were about to do. But how dare we look in the mirror and say, that's right, that's what God says I am. And then we just come through Sunday service and just fill our Christian time and sitting at pew. Or we help out on Wednesday night and that's it. Or we make sure it's Sunday school. How dare we say, that's right, I'm God's child. That's right. But yet we don't do anything to the world to let them know that, hey, I'm God's child. We are not supposed to be egotistical people walking around this earth that I'm God's child and I'm not going to talk to you because you're not God's child. But I'm God's child because... That's how I feel, but that's what my father says about me. So therefore, everybody who feels like this, who I, how I used to feel, can finally come to the understanding, you know what? I was where you're at. I didn't feel chosen. 
I felt like the scum of the earth. I felt like I couldn't do anything. I felt like I was ugly. I felt those before. I know exactly what you're feeling. But it wasn't until I realized who I was. I'm now a part of something greater with a divine purpose. And you can be a part of that too. So if we are here this morning, I don't care how old you are, Pop was the perfect example. Serving people who are in need until his physical body said, enough is enough. And God said, we fulfilled your commitment. Thank you. And he carried him home. How dare we come to church on a Sunday morning once every three months? Once, even if you go once a week. Congratulations. Is that really what being a God's son or daughter is really all about? Don't get me wrong, I want you here. But we must be doing work outside there because there's a lot of people right here. And if we don't do the work that God has purposed in your heart and purposed and called you to, they're missing out on who they really are. Recapping all of creation real fast, one last time. God formed day and night, and God filled day and night with the sun, moon, and stars. God formed the sky, and God filled the sky with all sorts of fine creatures. God formed the land and the sea, and he filled both land and sea with living creatures. God formed mankind, and he also filled mankind with the breath of God. If you notice, in all of creation, God never created something and left it empty. Whatever God created, he filled. And whatever God filled, he gave a purpose to do something. God's purpose that he's breathed into you is to fulfill the calling of God on your life, and that's to reach the lost. That's a command given to all people, no matter who you are. You don't have to be a preacher. You don't have to be a missionary. You can be a teacher. You can be an accountant. I don't really care what you are. You're God's son. You're God's daughter. It's our job in the realms of this life to see as many people to go from there to there and believe that. That's what God says. That's what Jesus commanded his disciples in Matthew. Hey, make disciples. Tell them about me. And the story's been told about ever since. So, our purpose, Ephesians 3.20, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that's at work within us, our purpose is to do the good work that he already started. And the things you thought were only dreams can become a reality. The Bible says that we are able to do exceedingly more than we could ever imagine. Exceedingly more by the power that was already placed inside of you. Who do you think you are? Who do you think you are? Right here. Who are you? Anyone? Amazing. Tell me, what are you? You're awesome. Mike. Perfect. Perfect. Then who are you? Love. Al. Sean. Patient. Rhonda. Forgiven. Taylor. Merciful. Will. Golden. Sue. Forgiven. Don't remember all your names. Dale. Awesome. Nancy, omniscient. Harriet, love, Stephen. Perfect, Dad, patient, Stace, Erica. I wish I could go around all of you, but you guys can be perfectly well. This is just a small, small amount of who God is, isn't it? I mean, God is so much bigger than what we can fill on this mirror. Which means, literally, there's so much more about you. That's not even written down. But God thinks so highly of us 
because you created us with such a unique calling. He set us apart above all told Adam. You are giving dominion over all of creation. We are God's masterpiece. And do the good work that's already started at the beginning of mankind. Before you even formed in your mother's womb, God knew everything about you. God knew everything about you. And if that's the case, all that negative stuff, if I could, I would destroy the mirror because that's not right. None of that is true. All that demise from the enemy, demise that you believe because someone says something, demise because you try to judge yourself upon other people. As we close, remember, God created all things. And what God creates, He always fills. And what God fills, He always gives a purpose. Ephesians 2.10, what's our purpose? God does both the making and saving. He creates each of us by His Christ Jesus to join Him in the work He does. What does God do? I need to be a part of that. What is God's business? I need to be a part of that. That's the most important thing that you and I could ever join God with. Who do you think you are? God's masterpiece. Believe who you are. You're God's masterpiece. Get ready to do the good work that God has already established inside of you. That is who you are. God's masterpiece. Everything to take positive. Everything about God is inside of us. Now let's act like it. Let's do it. Let's do something. I don't care how old you are. You can be 70, 60, 25. I don't care. We all can do something. Amen. We can all do something to advance the kingdom of God and let people know, hey, you don't have to be here anymore because I know what God has called you to be. You're his son. You're called to be his daughter. Bible says it's for all men to be saved. That's what God wants. Hell was never created for any individual. Hell was always created first and foremost for the devil and all his demons. And it's our stupidity that we get blindsided and we give up on God. And then we enter into hell. But it was never meant for us. But we do our job. And you join God today. And you join God in the work that he's called you to do. I guarantee you, on Easter Sunday, when you do your eye plan, you're going to have people here. There's going to be salvations here because you finally realize, you know what, it's not just a piece of paper that we hand out. It's something that's going to reach people and know who Jesus is. Amen?